Hello, this is Jeff. Yeah. Yeah, Jeff Birding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah, just deliver it to the FC Cincinnati offices. Ask us about the CEO's offices. Yeah, yeah. It was a number six veto. Extra peppers. No veggies. All right, thanks. Oh, yeah, also extra mayo. Okay, cool. Thanks. Bye. Go for Jeff. Adi. Yeah, yeah, I know he wants to leave. Yes. Yeah, we paid a lot for him. That That's okay. He was shit last year. We just let him go. They just burned the jerseys, okay? Burned the marketing materials too. And the banner. Yes, I know. I know. It's okay. All right? We just got to cut him loose. All right. Bye. Go for Jeff. Wait, wait, slow down. Slow down. Ron. You're talking about Ron. He... What did... You... Are you serious? He, he sang it? The whole thing? In front of the players? Straight out of Compton? Did he say the... No! Oh, fuck! See, see, the, that's a word you can say. Ah, <sighs> God damn it! Okay, yeah, just fire him, okay? Yes, I know we just got rid of Adi to... I know how it looks, okay? Just get rid of him. Alright. Bye. Matt... Maddox? Pencil... Pennsylvania. Outstanding warrant. Like, a real warrant? Like, we're not like... Not like, toy sheriff? Like, FBI? What? Why did he do that? Alright, okay, you just, just, alright, fine, fine, enough, I, you just cut him loose, bye. Go for Jeff. No, no, I, I refuse to believe Gary the Lion stabbed Kingston the Lion, okay? That is not something that, who gave him a real knife? Who gives a mascot a real knife? No, I know how he looks, okay, Kingston... Yes, yes, we were explicit when we designed Gary not to look like that. We know he looks scary. That's still not justification for stabbing a mascot. Yeah. I just deal with it. Bye. Go for Jeff. No. No. He hung out with him? There are photos. Bill Cosby? Are you serious? He hung out with Bill Cosby. Yes, cancel the contract, like, right now. Yeah, do it. Bye. No, no, no. Go for Jeff. Orange? Seriously? Seriously? That's Trump's new color for his hats. Orange. And they're blue. Oh, great. No, 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 no. no. They, they, they do not say make FC Cincy great again. I refuse to believe that, okay? Fuck. Go for Jeff. Skyline chili closed. Forever. Like they're gone. Oh, okay. Well, at least one thing went well today. <coughs> Welcome to We Call It Soccer, a podcast by two United fans. I'm Sasha. Caleb is out. And I'm Notch. This week, FC Cincy's season goes from bad to worse before it even starts. Manchester City get the Champions League fever, bronchitis, and herpes all at once. And Jurgen Klinsmann meets his match in Berlin as he quits early.
Caleb is sick. We send him our best regards to get better soon. I hope I didn't get him sick because uh, I've been pretty sick this offseason too. I think it's already too late for him. I'm pretty sure he's already joined the, the army of the dead and he hunts the night looking for us. Shit. He actually knows where we live. Like, you know, he could find us and like take us out. Although I think, you know, if I had to go, being a tasty snack for a friend, or well, you know, he'd be dead, so former friend, would be a not so bad way to go. You know, at least you're like helping a friend zombie. Yeah. And despite the necrosis, <laughs> I still consider him a friend, but I'm hoping that the weather, along with his debilitating, debilitating undead, undeath, will slow him down. You think we'd want zombie Caleb on the podcast? Because everything we say, you just go like, ugh. If we give him the right questions, it could be very amusing. <laughs> You know, <laughs> Liverpool-based questions. Hey, Caleb, how do you feel about Atletico versus Liverpool? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Pretty spot on. Right, right. Um, well, for this week's question, I'll, I'll just give you a very simple one, which is that uh, if you were going to be stuck on a island for like a year by yourself, which spice would you take with you? Is it too basic... To say salt. No, because you'd be in the ocean. It's a good catch. It, would be, it wouldn't be salty water. I would say, I mean, like, because it's applicable for everything and I guess maybe preserving things and sanitizing wounds. Right. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know what human flesh, how salty it is. So, like, you know, I was going to say it could be used for anything you might want to eat. But, you know, when maybe one of your comrades passes away a little early and then, you know, you have to, like, make the most of the situation, quote unquote. Uh, I, I don't know. But salt might is probably quite versatile, even for that. So... Uh, yeah, I, I was thinking, like, would it be salt or would it be pepper? I might take pepper because, you know, you can find, like, so, some fish tend to be a little, uh, I, I don't know if I'd just salt them. I'd want a little bit of pepper, too. Give it a little bit of a kick, you know? Um, so I, I would do that. But I think you could make a strong argument for cumin, too. Yeah, definitely. I throw cumin into my chili, which I know I know is not normal, but I absolutely love that that, that spice. Do you throw beans in your chili? Yes, actually, too many. Really? So you're you're because no, I I was in Texas recently, and they're all like, like we had a conference down there, and we were gonna have a chili cook-off as like the social networking activity. And the guy from Texas turned uh, stood up, and he's like, "Do you put beans in your chili?" And everyone said, "No." And he's like, "That's right, you're in Texas now." So you know, they really don't like the beans in their chili. So that's odd to me because I'm like kidney beans, pinto beans, and I want to like really experiment with black beans in chili because I've heard that's really good. You want to know the secret to putting beans in chili though? Take like maybe ten percent of them in a blender, blend them up into a paste, and put that paste into the chili, and it'll give it a little bit of like a smooth texture and like thickness that just adding the beans by themselves doesn't. So try that next time you're making chili. How often do you make chili? Almost weekly. <laughs> okay, got it, got it. That's pretty great, man. That's a, that's a good thing to make almost weekly. Something we will be doing very soon. Uh, weekly or at least almost weekly we'll be watching soccer every week and we talk about america's top leagues in a segment that we call bad guys yes it's a segment where we discuss america's soccer's bad guys the mls and nwsl i said the mls you offended by that the mls no because we are the mls now right right i some people get like irrationally angry about that they're like no, don't say the the. And I'm like, hey, it's okay. It's almost like endearing at this point. You know what I mean? Uh, but anyway, let's talk about NWSL first, where there was some big news uh, posted, or at least there was news about upcoming news. Yeah, very anticlimactic. 
NWO also announces that the next commissioner will be a woman and that person will be revealed in the upcoming weeks. Well, they didn't they didn't really say it was a woman. They, the press release wasn't, we've got a commissioner and it's a woman. It was more like, we've got a commissioner and we'll announce it later. And then they dropped a pronoun in there. And I'll, I'll just read the, like, uh, the, the, the line. We are confident she will further cement NWSL's place as a global standard for professional sports leagues. So, yeah. We'll see. We'll see. I'm pretty excited though. I'm I'm honestly though, I'm I'm glad that they've chosen to go with a woman to lead the NWSL. Um I think there is a reality, a very imaginable reality in which a dude is chosen to do this job and it's very disappointing. So, I'm glad they've chosen to go with woman we'll wait to see who it is and and uh we'll talk a little bit more about that person when we know who it is because we don't have insider info as much as we'd like to so uh, if you know who it is let us know well i mean I, since we know you know rapino is our president like it's great from top down that we have women taking over uh like leadership roles exactly exactly um megan rapino was at the nba all-star game you see that i did not yeah it's pretty cool um she was there with her partner and uh i for one was i'm always glad to see any Megan Rapinoe content that I can. Also, I believe the NWSL has announced its home opener. Do you see anything you like? Uh, I'm excited for uh, Timber's home opener against uh, Utah Royals. That should, I, th- that is going to be kind of like the litmus test to see where Utah is at. Because I, I don't expect them to win. I expect Portland to kind of to win it, but by how much? Yeah. Uh, it's also, I think, going to be really interesting to see the two Sky Blues games. On the 19th of April, they're going to be playing the Pride, who are... Of course, the Pride had an atrocious season last year, so it's going to be interesting both to see if the Pride have bounced back, but also this new Sky Blues upgraded lineup um, who might be this year's... I don't know if they're their dark horse or if they're just like... if they're, the, Their reputation makes them the dark horse, but really, if you look at the players that they've now got, you could say that they have a challenge. I, I think they might like come out of the gate quick and then they'll, they'll shed that... If they do well, they'll shed that dark horse label really quickly because people are like, oh, they're the revamped like you know Sky Blue. Right. And uh, they're also going to be playing their home opener on April 26th at RBA against Red Bull Arena, against the Rain FC. So um, a couple of spicy matchups there if you're looking forward to, um, to, to, to choosing a couple of early NWSL games to watch. Um, any other NWSL news you would like to talk about before we move on, my friend? Now, other than on Twitter, I saw that Lindsay Haran could like, score... Uh, she could score baskets uh, with both her hands and her feet. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I can't score any baskets with anything. So good for her. Mm-hmm. She's got like two limbs on top of me um, scoring baskets. Uh, let's talk about MLS. And uh, let's talk about Miguel Ibarra for a second. He's going to your team. Yes. Yeah, it was, uh, it was reported that he had signed with the Sounders uh, with a one-year deal uh, with an option to buy afterwards. Um, there's a lot of speculation about how much he's going to get paid, but it's probably going to be less than he was making here. Now, there are two subsets of MNUFC fans when it comes to this. One are the group that come in and say, Psh, whatever, he's dead to me now. I don't care anymore. And then there are the group that says, I hope he comes here and scores a hat trick against us and we lose and everything is horrible because we'll never forgive. You know what I mean? And of course, there's a lot of people in between those two that maybe wish him the best but don't want him to score against us and all that. But, but where, where do you sit on that scale? First, I want to say like the, the most vocal ones are always the most polarizing ones, right? It is yeah, yeah. Um, I would like to see him come here and play 
if he scored a goal, I would I would be happy. Like it would be a mixed emotion, but it would I I know I feel like I hate to say this vindication. <laughs> yeah, um, I can see some of that. I I just hope that vindication comes somewhere that is not here. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I I don't want to see him like get humiliated on the pitch at Allianz, but I'll be okay if he doesn't score in front of us. Let's just put it that way. Because there's a real risk that songs for him break out. And I don't want that to happen in our stadium. Uh, but you know, it's it's tough, man. You see a guy you like so much playing for someone else. I've never had that experience. Um I'm trying to think like if I've ever seen a player that was that we were so fond of play for someone else. I think Connor Tobin is the only other example when he when he moved to North Carolina. But I came in after he had, like, I came in at the last season he played here because he was here in 2013 and then he left in 2014. So I didn't really, he was not, like, my favorite at that time. I will say, though, it's kind of funny because I'm pretty sure that the, the feeling that we are going to experience this year is what Seattle fans experience with Alonzo. Right. Because he is very much, he's called El Corazon. He is the heart. Miguel Ibarra is very much the heart, the way he, he plays and he runs his heart out for us. So I think it's going to be hilarious if... Alonso retires with us and Ibarra becomes the new like Alonso for <laughs> Seattle. Uh, but anyway, uh, let, let's move on to talk about uh, FC Cincinnati, who we talked about in the sketch earlier, uh, which wasn't like a terribly inaccurate portrait for how their fans and people feel about how that club's uh, last week has gone. Uh, to catch those of you who live under a rock up, uh, their coach, Ron Jans, uh, Dutchman, was reported to have said the N-word. Uh, that was the first claim. He said it in a song lyric. Then it came out that he had had some questionable comments about slavery. <laughs> Which like, whoa! Damn! Uh, then it came out that the sympathetic version of that one was that he had taken some players either to like a memorial in DC when they went to that game or like made some comments about slavery in in reference to resilience. So it wasn't like him making pro pl- pro-slavery like go confederate states type of statements he was more like saying you should be resilient like they were and it very torn deaf very stupid um and then three days after that so these two bits of news came out about him singing to the song lyric apparently and then about his inappropriate comments three days later we heard that he had resigned and in that piece of news it came out that some um themes had emerged in the investigation uh by fc cincinnati and Everyone just thought it was best if Ron went away. It's pretty evident he did something wrong and he had to face the consequences. And even before the investigation, I think, was completed, like, we, I heard the news that he would step down. And that was, like, that's pretty, you know, that's kind of cut and clear. Like, you did something wrong and then there are, there's these reports of themes. So it's almost like it's not, uh, you know, one incident. Mm-hmm. And that, that just makes me, like, that just confirms that they, FC Cincinnati made the right choice by letting him go. Uh, immediately after this Ronyan's news came out, the news came out that Darren Maddox had outstanding warrants in Pennsylvania for insurance fraud. Um, the Dutch media was like, Darren Maddox is to blame. He was the one who made the complaint to get back at his coach. And it's like, whoa, you just accused a black player of having a vendetta to try and prove that your Dutch coach is super not racist. That sounds super racist to me, what you've just done there. Yeah, and all those people who are like spouting that, both the Dutch media and the people on social media, uh, right. who are claiming that it's a player's vendetta, like sit down, shut up. You had your little moment of being a child. Like let the dolls talk. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
But anyway, to move on from Ron Yance, because I think we've said quite enough about that man. He's gone. Uh, we'll find out uh, who the new head coach is in a little while. Their interim head coach is Yoan. Uh, I forget his last name now. But um, he's he says he's been appointed the interim coach, and um, they're not making any hasty decisions. But moving along, the Darren Maddox issue is quite serious. Um, few facts known, uh, other than the fact that it, it has something to do with insurance and uh I just think it's a sad situation all around for FC Cincinnati. In this whole thing, I just feel bad for their fans. They deserve much better. As a team that didn't have issues of this sort, but who suffered through a tough expansion season, uh, Minnesota United's fans endured a lot. I was there. I saw how it felt. And to start the second season, I don't know how I would feel if this was the way that Minnesota United had started its second season. Um, It'd be kind of a punch in the gut. So I wish them the best, the fans, that is. Okay, let's move on and start talking about other things, such as Ajax player CM Diong has arrived in Cincinnati. Um, he will probably be announced soon. Uh, the Galaxy have bought Christian Pavon, and um, Jorge Baravel on Twitter said that the, the deal was worth about twenty million dollars, at least for Boca, uh, as part of the as part of the agreement to sell the player. Also, did you see this bit of news about Messi and El the Galaxy? Yeah, <laughs> about how well, uh, they'll sell Pavone and then use that money to uh, get Messi. That's, I mean, that's one of the like how it, how they'll make that happen, maybe. But basically, what happened is when Zlatan left, Guillermo Barreto, Guillermo Barrio Skeleto decided to uh, contact the contact Messi's dad when he heard that there were problems between Messi at Barcelona to say, hey. Up, huh? Uh, you wanna, you wanna come tell your son to come over to the galaxy? Eh? 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 If it's uh, sucks at Barca, come to galaxy. Eh? In that voice, I, I, that is how I imagine the call going because Guillermo Barros Quilado sounds like that, as we all know. Um, and I'm pretty sure Messi's dad had to like cover the receiver because he was laughing so hard, and then be like, "Yeah, yeah, sure, we'll tell him," because that's how Messi's dad sounds. Also, by the way. So, yeah, and then, of course, the the bit that you talked about, well, then, you know, if they can make it happen, because they can sell Pavone, and then the Koch brothers will fund a pack that gets Trump elected, which will then mean that money goes to Messi, and you know, you know what I mean, and QAnon will make it happen, you know, that's went from there. So, um, not my news, coming out with an article that says, every team wants to sign Messi for 2021. In response to Galaxy, want to sign Messi for twenty twenty one, so which is complete like it's complete nonsense because he's clearly going to Seattle. Right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. I'm glad we have you here for this breaking news. Uh, NYCFC. <laughs> oh God, I thought we were done talking about controversies this week. Uh, NYCFC has de-recognized the NYC Supporters Collective. I don't know. It's it's NYCSC. Uh, one of their supporters groups that was officially recognized last year has been de-recognized after their leader or somebody important in their organization tweeted out the P word. <laughs> that was great. And you know what he did? He, why he tweeted out? He tweeted out because he was mad about the team playing at RBA and he was responding to somebody or basically telling a bunch of people to fuck off about and how like everyone's really soft. It was a really toxic tweet. I'm not going to read it out to you. But... Um, there's speculation that this was done not just because of this one tweet, but because NYCSC has been home to uh, a faction that is home to... I know this is complicated. So the, the, the NYCSC is home to a faction that is home to the Nazis. 
And so the team was maybe looking for a reason to cut ties and this outburst from the leader of the organization finally gave them an excuse to do that. So either way, uh, no tear shed here. You know, you hate to see it as Caleb would say if he was here. And also like, it's a brilliant strategy to, if you want people to empathize with your cause and then start spouting intolerant bullshit on, you know, online. Of course, yes. As we know, that is, if Twitter has taught us anything, it is the more offensive you are to people who disagree with you, the more consensus you build. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, let's move into our sub-segment, Some Might Say. In this segment, we talk about Minnesota United FC and find a few things we might want to say about them. And uh, first of all, obligatory please, please, please season. Hey, it's not play season. <laughs> it's the plead season. We're pleading for please be good. <laughs> please. Uh, obligatory preseason disclaimer that I give every year. The preseason is meaningless. Do not look to these matches for anything other than little bursts of what might reality might be. All the players are preserving themselves. The coaches are trying new things. For example, Minnesota United in that preseason game swapped out 10 players in the second half. That you that means that the result is less important than moments within the match. So that that disclaimer being said, Sasha, can you tell me how Minnesota United's season is going to go based on this one match that you were able to see this past weekend? Well, Amri got a brace... So I'm I'm guessing he's gonna be scoring every game, and we're gonna have him win the Golden Boot, and we're gonna have several like we're gonna have Booth be MLS Rookie of the Year, yep, and we're gonna have uh everyone on the MLS star like eleven starting eleven. Right, the MLS All Star <laughs> team is yes. going to be Minnesota United. Exactly, you're right. Yeah, Naturally. we have the target logo already, so mm-hmm. you know just don't, don't even have to get a new jersey for it. Uh, yeah. So Amaria, as you mentioned, scored two goals. One of them was a penalty. Uh, Adrian Heath clarifying afterwards that they don't count towards his twenty five promised goals for this year but he it was great to see him score on his debut that was pretty neat oh uh, yeah and it, he it's uh, it's, it's really promising because like Molino had that great cross in and Amaria found it perfectly and that's just that's what number nine is supposed to do that's what we saw him do in his previous league was that, that he kind of like sneaks in the box, box really quickly and he puts it right in the back of the net and then that PK he was like he was calm steady and then he just shoots it with all this force up into the left and keeper can't can't catch it Rebs did manage to uh, tie us to two for the final score, but again, I don't really think that matters. Goals scored by Buxa and Boo. The second goal, uh, sadly, was a hopeless back pass by Kevin Molino, which Dotson wasn't able to get to. Miller, Tyler Miller comes out too far. Uh, boo, he's gonna be there. Boo, I can't, I can't think of a good boo joke right now. Casper the friendly ghost. I don't know. Um, boo manages to put it in the goal to tie us up. Any other players stand out to you? Uh, when, once we switched out the the ten, kept Tyler Miller on. Uh, Booth was out on the right, and he was really impressive. He actually reminded me of him almost more, more speedy and agile Finley, who is already a very speedy player. He had good control. Um, he and Chacon and uh, Marlon Harrison seemed to pass well, and like Chacon was able to get to the box. How was Chacon playing? Given that he had to wear a parka the whole time. Uh, I, I, th- I think he was a little stiff at first, but then like once he started just roaming freely, uh, you can see that he has a lot of talent, and I think that's how we need to need to play him is let him to let him roam because he seems to be able to like he knows where the players are behind him in front of him and connect with them and then just like make a play. 
Uh, I was really happy to see the next morning that uh, Kalman had played. I didn't watch this game, unfortunately. I uh, had an exam I had to give. But uh, I did see the tweet saying that Kalman had played, which was super cool. Happy to have him participating in team activities, even if it's temporarily, because once the season starts, he will have to continue serving his ban. I believe it's five more games, but I'm not 100% on that on the number there. But I, I hope when he comes back, we give him a, a great homecoming uh, as well, because it was really nice to see him. Anything else on this topic before we move on? Uh, James Uso is also on the pitch, but I didn't really see enough of him play to like come to a verdict. But he is one I'm watching. Uh, given the fact that Loons are playing tonight, uh, this podcast will be out of date pretty quickly because it's happening as we record. They're playing. We should also mention that no news on Bebel Reynoso yet for us, but uh, hopefully soon we shall find out more. Uh, there have been conflicting reports. I will also mention that there has been a young... Academy, Boca Academy guy who's can eligible to play for four different countries, including England and the United States. Noah Torebio, who is a trialist for Minnesota United at the moment. So we'll see if anything comes out of that as well. Hey, let's get back to our segment, Bad Guys, with a conversation about Nashville City SC, which, uh, wait, not they're just Nashville SC, there's no little city in there. Nashville CSC. Yeah, CS. CS, CS. Yeah, no, 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 exactly. CS, Nashville Siesta. No. CSI Nashville? Okay. Nashville Siesta? I like that. Okay. Nashville SC has finally managed to get the stadium business sorted out. They announced a deal with the mayor. Uh, the team will pay for infrastructure in the immediate vicinity of the stadium to the degree of $19 million. Team will assume a $35 million obligation from the metro. And so the stadium will be 100% uh privately funded so good stuff yeah it sounds kind of similar to our deal yeah i <laughs> i bet there's stuff there this complexity there but uh yeah uh, apparently this had already been agreed before this deal was done so then conflicting reports that the mayor got anything from his um hardball that he played anyway let's talk about the fact that the philadelphia union stadium is no longer going to be called talent energy stadium it's going to be called subaru park I mean, great. I mean, like Subarus. <laughs> right? I mean, Subaru Park is a sensibly sized stadium. It's a little expensive, but it's reliable. Um, uh, it, it, it has kind of a turbocharged atmosphere. There you go. <laughs> um, it's nice being outdoors off the road. with it. it's, 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 it's off the beaten track. There yes. you go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. All right, cool. Uh, I think we got enough Subaru references in there. Uh, this should be mentioned that this is the Japanese car maker's first deal with any major league sports team worldwide. So that's pretty neat. I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, let's talk about the fact that Chicago Fire also made a significant deal off the pitch. Uh, Guillermo Rivera has mentioned that they have agreed a multi-year deal with WGN TV to televise matches uh, this season, they will also continue to stream on the ESPN Plus, so both a local TV deal and a streaming deal. Should also mention WGN TV used to be the broadcaster for the Cubs, White Sox, Bulls, and Blackhawks. They've lost all of that as of last year, so this is there's a hope that they'll be quite serious about the fire, as this is their inroad to keeping sports on their network. I'm mm, good for Chicago. They, they, you know, we've talked about them in the past needing to rebuild. Yeah. yeah. Keeping it local. How, do you do you know about the Max Headroom signal capture that happened in Chicago in the eighties? No. So there was this character called Max Headroom that would 
I think he had like a chat show or something. He was supposed to be like fully animated, but actually just a comic and like makeup. And it was like, you know, back when computers were brand new, they were like, look, we've got a computerized character presenting a show. It's kind of a pop culture phenomenon. A guy wearing a Max Headroom mask recorded like a few minutes of video and managed to capture the signal for WGN and another TV channel in Chicago for like a minute and a half. And just was doing weird stuff. You can actually watch these broadcasts online. Including at one point dropping his pants, mooning the camera, and having someone with a fly swatter smack him in the butt. So this was all aired on the air before technicians of these channels were able to capture the stream back and get their get themselves back on the air. And so, I assume everybody in Chicago was watching because this was before the internet, so all you did exactly. was sit in your living room. Watch TV, yeah. yeah. So I'm wondering if Max Headroom will make a return during a Chicago Fire broadcast, and I really hope it happens. I think they just need to like lean into it and get him as the new mascot. There you <laughs> go. They've got a new rebrand, so they need a new mascot. Okay. Chicago Fire has also acquired Argentine winger Ignacio Aleceda as a young designated player, young DP, everyone's favorite rapper. And uh, this 19-year-old winger uh, comes from the Super League Argentina side, Defensa U Justicia. I have no idea what that means. Uh, well, War and Peace? Maybe. Salt and Pepper? Justice and defense, which makes no. you, which makes me think he's a box to box like midfielder. Wait, 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 wait! You're telling me <laughs> defensia u justicia means defense and justice? Well, I'm really glad Ariel's standing over there to tell us that out loud because that is totally not something that I guessed myself. And I'm really glad I have resources available to make such critical translations essential to this podcast. Hey, as long as it's not Russian, I can make a good educated guess. There you go. There you go, Sasha. Hey, two appearances for the Argentinian U23s. I got to say, by the way, every time I take notes, there's I try to sort the like week's news by like popularity. And then you get to a certain point each week, at which point it says, this team signed a player that was played on the youth international squad for their country. And that's when you know that you're starting to get to the dregs of the news. Uh, but this seems significant given that he's a young designated player. So, uh, But just know there are a bunch of other teams that signed like young internationals who I've stopped quoting because I just feel like that's such a cop-out. You know, uh, Minnesota United's experience with that has burned me for good. Speaking about... Uh, Signing international players. Inter-Miami has signed Rodolfo Pizarro. You excited about this? Uh, well, I think all of Miami is. Very much so. Uh, I think they're gonna their attendance was already going to be pretty good. Um, eh, well, yeah, we do play in Lockhart, so maybe not. But it's now going to be excellent because of this news. Yeah. You sign a Liga Mejia star, like, naturally you're going to fill more seats. Sign, uh, sell more jerseys. Yeah, 26-year-old uh, played for Inter-Miami head coach Diego Alonso when he was at uh, CF Pachuca and CF Monterrey. They've won the 2016 Liga MX Clausura and the 2019 Cup Champions League titles together. So they have some experience playing with one another. We're famous. It's kind of scary, don't you think? Is Inter-Miami going to be the first MLS team to win the CONCACAF Champions League? <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I don't know. I hope it's... As long as it's not Atlanta, though, I don't give a shit. Uh, that's all I care about, my friend. We'll uh, we'll talk about the, the CONCACAF Champions League in a second. Hey, in more Inter-Miami news, they've signed a $235 million Jersey Stadium merchandise sponsorship deal with the Qatar Foundation. Um, Yeah. A lot of takes on this, and maybe we'll wait till Caleb is back to discuss it on the on the pod. 
Sporting KC has acquired defender Winston Reid on loan from uh, West Ham United. New Zealand International. Seems a lot of them in the league these days. Um, That's like jumping from one sinking ship to another. But maybe this one, maybe SKC is more stable. I don't know, man. <laughs> Peter Vermees, I think he'll stabilize. I think they had an outlier year last year. But It's true. They are a team with a, with a legacy and, and they could easily bounce back and rebuild. In one year. Yeah, it's it's one of those teams where you know their setup has been consistent for so long that like they and they have a backbone of players in their locker room and I, I trust Vermees. Like we'll see, we'll see. But anyway, this guy's turned thirty-one, three hundred club appearances in Denmark and England. Paul Ariola, Polly Boopat has uh, torn his ACL. Pretty sad news there in a preseason game against Orlando. No player deserves to get hurt in the preseason. Yeah, uh, it sucks for our. It sucks for him, and I, I saw a statement on Twitter. And despite the fact that I, I kind of view him as an antagonist, you feel for any player who gets injured, especially when they're not, when they then miss out playing for their club. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Hey, let's uh, take a break right here, and we'll return with uh, the rest of U.S. soccer and much more from around the world. Welcome back to We Call It Soccer. During the break, I found out something extremely interesting, which is that uh, you, Sasha, do not know about the Soccer United marketing conspiracy theories within the U.S. soccer world. You have managed to insulate yourself from one of the most toxic things um, that is discussed on social media, U.S. soccer. I'm surprised that hasn't found me since it has to do with both soccer and conspiracy theories. There you go. Yeah, if Colin was here, he would give you a great explanation of this. Soccer United Marketing is a for-profit marketing arm of Major League Soccer and the exclusive marketing partner of the United States Soccer Federation. As such, it has been one of the focal points of anybody who wants to say that MLS is screwing with the better incentives of the U.S. Soccer Federation uh, towards the lower leagues so uh it's uh it's fun and yeah why don't we just leave it there because uh, there's a lot that i could say on that subject but uh, i don't want to go down that rabbit hole let's go, instead go down this rabbit hole in a segment that we call friends in low places in this segment it's time to check in with our friends in low places the u.s lower leagues first up hey we're gonna talk about soccer united marketing for a second uh, Chris Kessel reports that they are responsible for driving sponsorships for the Open Cup and they have delivered exactly $0 in that sponsorship. People helpfully pointing out that this was the first year of that partnership. So hopefully in future years, some might help US Open Cup get some more monies, which would be really good because that tournament is super cool and should have more support. I can't convert on the fly, but I'm pretty sure $0 is also 0 euros and 0 pounds. You might be right, but uh, we might have to go to the exchanges before we can confirm that for our listeners. Hey, Detroit City FC, speaking of money, have paid off the debt for their Keyword Stadium renovations two years ahead of schedule. No taxpayer money was used, all financed by supporters. Very, very, very cool. This is not a supporter-owned club, it's important to mention, but uh, the fact that they were able to just do this uh, organically, grassroots, very cool stuff. I would love for Detroit to eventually come to MLS. Because that, that, like, Minnesota and Detroit, that would be a rivalry I would respect. Except this is something that their fans really don't want to have come to pass. They despise MLS. 
And, I, and then and I respect they, the, like, I respect the fans' decision. I mean, they have like the you know the FC UK shirts. They have FCK MLS uh, shirts that they wear. So, yeah. I mean, honestly, I I have mixed feelings just because I've had some mixed experiences with some of their people on social media. <laughs> <laughs> so i don't Social know that i want the drama again uh, right <laughs> yeah it was that it was that theory of like the the more offensive shit you put on twitter the more consensus you're building like they really tried to they truly tried to put that into action uh with me although they weren't there they, they weren't like making like outrageously like offensive stuff they're just being really nasty so anyways it's all all old drama they're, they they have fun with their team. They support their team. I respect the atmosphere. Blah blah blah. Okay, hey, let's talk about the fact that Kevin Venegas, former Minnesota United player, is going to be playing in Detroit next year. So that's very cool. Um, they're all pro this year, so that will that'll be great for him. Fort Lauderdale in League One, Inter Miami's reserve squad has named Jason Christ as their head coach. So diamonds are forever over there. Is that? Former Orlando City coach Jason Christ. For yes, yes. Uh, you know, actually, I actually had hope for him when when they became an expansion team, and he was he was announced, and well, we saw how that turned out. Yeah. So uh, let's talk about uh, the fact that League One players have agreed to join the USL Players Association. So that's pretty cool. Always great to see more players getting representation. Uh, Adam Stern tweeted out that Daytona. Speedway has announced that it will host a new soccer tournament on the July 4th weekend next year with pro teams from North and South America. Uh, and this is the first time an NASCAR track has hosted a soccer match. And the event will include music, esport, fishing, and water slides. First of all, I have to say, how dare Daytona imitate us? Because if people don't know, there is a big uh, Asian, or specifically among soccer tournament here on the 4th of July. Not too far away from here, actually. It's, uh, it's up Lexington. Do they have fishing and water slides? They, I'm pretty sure they have water slides. Okay, but no fishing. <laughs> no fishing. That's too bad. See that that uh, you could have done like a goddamn on Daytona, but if they did, but they don't, so we gotta give it to Daytona. Their event is superior because of the fishing. So anyway, this is odd, like kind of random. Yeah, it's a it's a weird combination of kind of like I don't know how to feel about. it. I guess it's good for promotion of the sport. Right. It's like an ad lib. It's like NASCAR track. Daytona will host a soccer tournament on the July 4th weekend with fishing, water slides, music, and esports. And Shakira halftime show. There you go. Okay. All right. Cool. Uh, CONCACAF Champions League news. Uh, Leon beat LAFC yesterday 2-0. 1,000 LAFC fans traveled to Leon and apparently had a great time. Uh, with Leon supporters. And uh, should mention though. One of the kind of hilarious things that happened. While the game was being played. Was that LAFC were taking a corner. And ro- I really have to emphasize. This game was not violent. And there were no like big problems or anything like that. So I don't want to like make it sound dumb. But it was kind of funny. Because the LAFC player was in the corner. Very close to the fans. And the police were actually holding their riot shields. To like. Uh, prevent missiles from hitting him and I don't know if any were actually thrown or it was just a precaution but it's a very funny image uh, in my mind uh, Atlanta everybody's least favorite team uh, Drew with um, Matagao I'm not familiar how to say this club Motagua? I, I don't know but we tried and uh, yeah 
I mean, the only way this could have been better is if they had lost, but uh, which I hopefully they will. Yeah, there's still one more leg. There you go. Yeah, okay. Hey, Cruz Azul beat Portmore 2 1. Uh, Montreal Impact defeated Saprisa. Well, that's. Yeah, that's the worst Canadian team. Okay, so we talked about this, but. So Montreal Impact does have a history in this in this competition, and they made it to a final. I want to say back in 2016, and now they're under Thierry Henry. So I, I guess there's a lot of hope for them, but they're still, in my opinion, the worst Canadian team. Like everybody who is a Toronto fan, and like I think most people would say, like Toronto belongs in that spot. Yeah, but I mean, I you know, good for the Impact. I think again, this is one of those fan bases that you're like. You know, a little bit of good news for them is great. So I'm happy for them. I hope they do well. It was the 2015 Champions League, by the way, that they made it to the yeah. final of. Um, so yeah, they beat Saprisa 2-0. Uh, NYCFC face San Carlos and Sounders face Olympia both tomorrow. So after we record this podcast. Hey, let's move into a segment that we call The American Way. Because we'll put a boot in your ass. It's Let's hope there's a boot in the ass of both the American national teams as they plow through the qualifications for the World Cup and for the Olympics. Uh, All I have to talk about in this segment is uh, that Gio Reyna, who turned 17 in November, is now the youngest American to ever play in the Champions League and the youngest ever American to provide an assist in the Champions League as he assisted Irvin Halland on his goal. I have to say, I was like, Christian Pulisic, who? You're dead to me. You went to Chelsea. This is our new American in Germany at Borussia Dortmund. This is the one we will raise up. This is our new savior. Yeah, exactly. New hype train is leaving the station. Choo-choo. So, should mention that Tim Weah has returned to the field for Lille after a lengthy injury uh, absence and unfortunately immediately suffered a new injury. So, that's kind of sad for him. Um... I do not have information on how severe it is. So we'll see what happens with that. It's kind of sad. Hey, let's move into a segment that we call the ludicrous display. Ray, he's kicked the ball. Now the ball's over there. The thing about the Premier League is that they always try to walk it in. In this segment, we talk about the latest from the United Kingdom. Big news, Manchester City have been banned by UEFA for two years from the Champions and Europa Leagues. This is probably the most severe punishment that they could have meted out. Yeah, and this is definitely this. I mean, this affects multiple leagues, uh, and it, I'll just explain how it's going to affect Premier League because, like, right now the standings are that they're in the top three. If they finish, if they continue to finish along with Leicester, whoever is in fourth is going to get their Champions League spot, and then like that will also affect the Europa League spots. So we have potential right now. Tottenham's in fifth, but just a point behind them is Sheffield United, who just got promoted. So it would be wild for them. In the first year of promotion to make it to the Champions League, Manchester United is also one point behind Sheffield, and then you also have Wolves and Everton. So, like, there's a chance for like a team we haven't seen before getting up there. I was listening to the Football Weekly episode where they discussed this, and they were saying how this has to do a lot more with um, lying to UEFA about sources of funding rather than a violation of financial free play. So, it's kind of the breach of trust principle that's being applied here. Which is the the way that the person explaining it on on that podcast uh, put it out there, which I think is a decent analogy, even though it's not perfect. Is if you get stopped by uh, the police for speeding, you know you'll get a ticket. But if you lie to the police about speeding, 
uh, that's a more like about not about speeding, but who was driving while you were speeding, that's a a bigger crime, uh, because you you're basically that that's fraud. Exactly. Yeah, that's gonna say. Yeah, when you're when you're lying, there's a legal term for it, especially when you're submitting documents about finances. It's uh, well, accounting fraud. Right. So and that that's treated much more seriously than sometimes the minor offenses that you might lie about. So. Um, a lot of Man City fans standing for their club, which I think is kind of like, uh, also standing for Man City is the Man City staff who are swearing that they'll fight this to the death and putting out all sorts of very aggressive statements about UEFA. And I mean, it's hard to come to UEFA's like defense. You don't really want to defend UEFA, but in this circumstance, they're in their right. So it's kind of like, you know, that, that, uh, meme gif, which is like, let them fight. Uh, you're kind of like feeling that, and in this, I uh, yeah, I mean it's it's kind of getting ridiculous. There's a there's another piece published by Miguel Delaney this week, which is saying which with the headline "Football is Broken," which is about how the top ten clubs around the world are carving out a financial niche for themselves that is insurmountable, and making and getting rid of the unpredictability in our sport by basically making it their own little playground sandbox to do as they will. Um, I highly recommend reading that piece, and I have felt that way. I think one of the really great things about MLS is that there is certainly some degree of parity within the teams, and that money isn't everything. And so, I don't know what's going to be. Done. I don't have a solution, but I, I, I really that piece resonated with me quite yeah. a bit. And I think like long, like a decade ago, we saw these omens start. Like I saw these omens with Real Madrid and Juventus and Barcelona. And now we're kind of seeing it all come to fruition. And how how are we going to deal with it? Yeah. Uh, let's move on to talking about some matches. Uh, Arsenal played Newcastle and they won. What? Yeah, this is... <laughs> I watched this game and it was probably the happiest moment of my season. I also expected to stay the happiest. Uh, I thought we were going to get a draw. Like you should probably <laughs> stop watching Arsenal for <laughs> yeah. the season at this point. Right? Just, you know, keep uh, this as your final memory. Yeah. Uh, they were they were tied up on points before this match. Uh, Arsenal had a six a six wins, thirteen draws, six loss record, and they came out. And the first half it was nil nil. Second half we got a goal from Aubameyang. We got a goal from Pepe. Ninetieth minute, Lacazette assists a goal to Ozil, and there's six minutes of extra time, and Lacazette ends his dry spell and scores another one. It was it was like a symphony for me. I like I I couldn't express like there couldn't have been a better game. So I'm I'm good with the season ending right now. Yeah, there you go. Let's uh let's just call it Premier League over. Uh, Match City did beat West Ham two 0 And uh, when West Ham gets rele- relegated, and so does Man City, they'll play again. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> um, in a press conference, Jose Mourinho has confirmed that human son, the human son, has broken his human arm. Unfortunately, it will not play for the rest of the season. This is kind of like. Dagger in the heart because Harry Kane really hasn't been delivering. They lost Erickson in the transfer window. You got Deli Ali, but he's not going to carry your team through like Premier League and Champions League. So they're like they're really like gripping, holding on to life in that fifth place spot, trying to get the Champions League next year. Let's talk about the rest of the world in a segment that we call "They Don't Call It Soccer" in brackets. Some do though. Where we talk about soccer from the rest of the world, we haven't talked about already. Champions League is back. And uh, a lot of people were predicting that Borussia Dortmund would get like destroyed by PSG, but I had faith. And in the first leg, uh, Holland came through. He waited till the 69th ninth minute to score his first goal because he's a true millennial. 
Uh, Neymar got one back in the 75th, but because our boy is so lucky, he got a second in the 77th, and that was the one that Gio Reyna assisted on. So they are currently 2-1 uh, in the first leg. Mm-hmm. Uh, who is it? Liverpool. Liverpool got upset by Atletico at home uh, 1-0. That was an unexpected result because Atletico are not doing very well in La Liga comparatively. Yeah. And uh, they, they were not ex- – I think I think saying that they weren't expected to get a result is an understatement. Extremely. It, it's it's really odd. But I still have faith in Liverpool. I'll say that on Kale's behalf because they are a team who can come back in a second leg, go away, and they could score four goals in, in Madrid. Yeah. So we'll see what happens with the with – the, Return leg on that one. That should be quite spicy in Anfield. Atalanta beat Valencia 4-1. And ruined my uh, my streak of proper predictions, but I'm happily surprised. I feel bad about Atalanta because I really, you know, I have no feelings about them except they sound too much like Atlanta United, so I have to hope that they lose. Like, hearing that Atalanta has done well makes me mad. It's a trigger, for sure. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Tottenham lost to Red Bull Leipzig. Yeah, one zero. I thought it was going to be a bigger margin, but I mean, this might be the this might be the exit stage for Tottenham. Well, and it was a penalty by uh, Timo Werner. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, you know. um, let's talk about CA. Speaking of RB Leipzig, let's talk about Bundesliga, where everybody at the top won this week. Yeah, everyone at the top won, so everything stayed the same, which is very close. We still got you know Brian Byron beat Kern was it five one. Yeah, yeah. And felt bad. Yeah, I mean, kind of almost got two goals, and you're like, you're so, like, they're in a position where it's like, just scoring a second goal feels like a win against Bayern. Hey, speaking about Köln really quick, they do seem to, however, be in a position where they're carving their way away from the relegation pack. The bottom three teams are at 16 and 17 points, um, and then you have... Mainz at 22, FC Köln at 23. So they've built out a six-point buffer between them and the relegation playoff spot, which is good for Köln. I want to see Köln do well. As I, I love the city of Cologne. Köln, because Podolski used to play there, it has a very special place in my heart as a team. Uh, I don't support them by any means, but I want. I don't want to see them get relegated. Plus, there's nothing more fun than in like the top league of Germany to see the badge with the goat. I mean, come on. Yeah, which uh, I I read the story about the goat. It was a gift apparently to the team. So, uh, yeah, very very interesting over there. Um, should mention speaking of relegation, let's just talk about those teams really quick. Butterborn uh, had a not very good week this uh, week where they lost to Hertha Berlin two one. A Hertha a Jurgen Klinsmann free Hertha Berlin. Yeah, surprising he how he stepped. Down and they instantly turned it around and started winning. Right. No, no there's uh, no no correlation though. Of course. Of course not. I should mention that I have stand Jurgen Klinsmann in the past. I, I, I've, well, I, I have I have been a defender of Mr. Klinsmann, but this Hertha Berlin episode of his life is quite ignominious. It's quite odious. Dude came in, spent a whole shit ton of money getting players in, and then immediately left. Apparently, major. Um, clash of intentions and personality it said that Klinsmann wanted this is from a Raphael Honigstein piece he wanted to turn Hertha Berlin into a super club immediately uh that's not gonna happen um and Klinsmann making kind of like a crocodile's teary statement which many claims of it were uh disagreed with what's the word for it like that someone came in like 
said that that's not entirely true. I forget the the word. But anyway, the the Hertha Berlin technical staff came out and said, yeah, that's not, don't really buy Jürgen's story here entirely. And it should also be said that Jürgen had immediately fired a goalkeeper coach at um, Hertha who had gotten rid of his son, Jonathan Klinsmann, uh, from Hertha earlier. So, uh, it seems kind of petty, you know. And it does, as the story comes out, it sounds like he came in very idealistic, with a whole bunch of like hyperbolic statements of oh, a super club. And as soon as reality struck, because like you know, like there's finances, yeah. he has to, he has to be practical. He just kind of pouted and dropped out. Exactly, no resilience. So anyway, Hertha though, good for them. It's probably good for them. Um, should mention so Paderborn, who Hertha beat, are in 18th with 16 points. 17th, it's 17 points. That's kind of cool. Uh, our Werder Bremen, RB Leipzig, beat them three nil. Fortuna Dusseldorf are in the relegation playoff spot, also with 17 points, but ahead on the tiebreaker. Uh, they lost to Borussia Mönchengladbach, tips four goals, which is the amount they scored on Dusseldorf, who could only respond with one. Uh, the other teams in the top five are Bayer Leverkusen and Borussia Dortmund. Dortmund beat Frankfurt 4-0. Leverkusen managed to beat Union Berlin 3-2. Uh, any highlights from the Bundesliga news that you want to bring up? Erwin Haaland getting more goals? No, actually, I, sadly, I missed the Borussia Dortmund game, but I'm not surprised they got the 4-0 result. Oh, well, I am a little surprised that they didn't give up a goal. I'm glad they're finally ending that trend because they like to play three in the back and it's risky and they've given up a lot of goals to teams that are below them. So it's nice that they got the shutout. Yeah, uh, I am continue to be very excited to see what Erling Haaland does next. So, hey, let's uh, with that, let's, let's call an end to this show. Why don't you tell the good people where they can find you on Twitter? I am at PickupLion, L-I-O-N. You can find our colleague who isn't here, Caleb, at kolson716 on Twitter. You can find this podcast at TWO United Fans. You can find me at Lockstock Spock. We always enjoy when you tell your friends about our podcast. We like having new listeners. So please let them know that they can find it on fine podcast providers everywhere. We are also deeply grateful to the band Tectonics for the use of their song Lustless as our theme music. And with that, it's time for us to bid you adieu for another seven days. We'll see you next week. Happy to Zen. Feed me with your bitter lies, masquerades, and Valentine's goodbye.